Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Something pretty incredible happened last night, and it happened in the association. Something that's pretty rare these days, especially since the confetti finished falling in Vegas, and at the end of the year's Invitational, we haven't seen anything like this. In other words, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since this happened, and it's the craziest thing. The Lakers won. Right? Incredible. The Lakers won a game. Exactly. And that's not overkill. They should be acting like that. They did it. They did it. They won. And not only did they win, not only did they win, get this, they won for a second time in a row. Win! Win! That's not the James in Portland. That's my mind blown. I know that they sound similar. It's two for me. You know how you know the difference? I didn't chase it with a come on or precede it with a come on. I mean, they've won two in a row. The first win against the Clippers was shocking enough. Shocking considering the Lakers recently broke that 11-game losing streak against alleged, supposed, Lil Bro. Laker wins over the Clippers are rare enough, but even rarer to turn around and win the next game as well. Yes, the Lake Show has actually won two games in a row. And while the Raptors are not exactly a super team, the Lake Show will take back-to-back wins however they can get them. Darvin Ham will take back-to-back games however he can get them. Because remember... The vultures were already circling like six days ago. I was in here talking about reports of the, quote, growing disconnect, end of quote, between Darwin and the locker room. In other words, less than a week ago, fair or not, the narrative was that the Lakers were already getting ready to Chris Carter, the guy. You got to have a fall fair guy or in not. the crew. <laughs> that was the narrative. That was the speculation. And then I don't need speculation. I can just go right to X, look at my mentions, and see Laker fan. Laker fan was looking to run this guy out of town on a rail already. Run his ass down. Bob in L.A. probably especially. A week ago, there was no shortage of Laker fans and maybe even Laker players in that own locker room laying the foundation to push this dude in front of the next oncoming train. Or the next passing double-decker bus. I'm not saying it's fair or not. I'm saying the narrative was there. Fair to say, then, that back-to-back wins came at a pretty good time for Darvin Ham. Also fair to say that Darvin and the Lake Show got some help last night. All right, so now we get into it. They did. They got some help last night. Some help from the only show more insufferable than the Lake Show itself. You know the show I'm talking about. The show that nobody ever wants to see. The show that nobody has ever paid to see, but the show and the cast that still make it all about themselves nonetheless. Of course, I'm talking about the ref show. And unfortunately for everybody in the world, on and off the floor I'm talking about, the ref show travels. The ref show travels from sport to sport, league to league. And while it shows up every single weekend seemingly in the NFL, and probably will once again for Wild Card Weekend, it made a pit stop in the association last night. Somehow, during the fourth quarter of that home Laker win against the Raptors, the Lake Show attempted 23 free throws, while the Rap Show attempted just two. 23 to 2. And then the Lake Show squeaked out a one point win with their last 10 points coming from the free throw line. And if that seems a little bit off and a little sus, as the kids like to say, a little sus to you, a little sketchy, you're not the only one who thinks so. In fact, to Raptors head coach Darko Ryakovich. It seemed a lot sus, a lot sketchy, a lot off, a lot, a lot suspect. 
So Darko let the ref show and the rest of the planet know exactly how messed up he thought the entire thing was. He unleashed one of the all-time ref show takedowns ever. I think I have finally found somebody more fed up with the ref show than me. Let me just lay out so Darko can do his Darko thing because it's incredible. That's outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all-stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible as Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back. It's a complete crap. What a performance. What an absolute masterful performance. Never mind that half of it was kind of over the top. I mean, Scotty Barnes, dude. I, I had no idea that Scotty Barnes was Wemby, Bill Russell, Shaq, Mike, and LeBron all rolled into one. But okay. You got to love a coach who's got his guys' backs. Love that. Love that. I loved everything about that. I agreed with 85% of that, but I loved 110% of that. What an absolutely incredible performance. And you know what's amazing about that? We didn't beep anything. All that rage, all that fury, all that colorful language, and we didn't have to bleep anything. He just went to, it's complete crap and BS. Which, by the way, it is. Not only is he not wrong, he's exactly right. It is complete crap and BS. Dude has every right to be that pissed, especially if he's going to take that anger and do something so awesome with it. That's how you channel that rage. That was amazing. Seriously, forget the ears invitational or the EI. Hang a banner for that. Put that right up there in the rafters with Joey Bosa and Fred Van Vliet for the all-time ref show takedowns. If we're going to hang banners for winning seven regular season games now, then my dude Darko should get two banners for his all-time ref show takedown. My man Darko should get a monument in front of the arena. It's a complete crap. It is a complete crap. Let me tell you something about the logo. Maybe we change the logo to Darko. And no offense, Jerry. But then again, what did Jerry, as brilliant as Jerry West is, when did he ever say anything that awesome as that? Outrageous. By the way, when has anybody ever said anything as awesome as that? Scotty Barnes. No offense, C-Town, but Joe Noah, I guess, is in the conversation. Dude, Scotty Barnes is going to be the face of this league. Scotty Barnes. All right, Darko, let's not get crazy. You know why that's crazy, Darko? You know why it's crazy to say that Scotty Barnes is going to be the face of the league? You know why, Darko? Because you're already the face of the league, my man. And the best part about Darko being the face of the league is he's only 35 games into his head coaching career. He hasn't even coached half a season, and he's already this fed up. He hasn't even made it 40 games in, and he's already calling out the ref show for tilting games towards the Lakers and saying things like, quote, and this is beautiful, quote, 
If that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them the win. It's a complete crap. It is a complete crap. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Now I'm really stuck. Who do I like better, Jameis or Darko? My two favorite guys in sports right now, who both are having amazing weeks. It is a complete crap. I love this so much. Of course they ran these comments back to LaCap. And of course, LaCap's take was a whole lot less enjoyable. Did you see it called fairly in the fourth quarter? Um, I felt like they fouled and we didn't. Outrageous. Well, that was fun. Well, uh, I felt like they fouled and we didn't. I felt like they fouled and we didn't. Good energy, though. It's a complete crap. I guess there's a reason why they call that guy a basketball genius. Except it's got nothing to do with that answer. Pretty sad and pretty alarming that the Lakers needed that much help last night, considering they're the Lakers, considering the 41 they got from SCD, Street Clothes Davis. Hey, can we take a moment and talk about SCD? This dude's playing his ass off. He really is. For all the heat this guy's taking. Dude, his game, man. His availability. His reliability, his length, his domination. This dude is playing lights out. He's trying to play his way out of that nickname because this dude is, in fact, available. He's logging heavy minutes. He's balling out every single night. Give him his credit. I am. If we're all going to take runs at this guy for being street clothes and not being available, the fact that he's out there playing the way he is, give him his credit. I will. This guy's playing his ass off. And yet, despite that fact, the Lakers need the ref show's help to just eke out a one-point win at home against the Raptors. No offense, Canada. Canada, at least you have a head coach, though, who is going to go to battle for you, stand up for you. Seriously. Props to Darko for calling that crap out, for calling it for what it is. Crap and BS. My man, not only does he deserve a banner... He deserves an extension for that rant. Find me a better rant from an NBA coach in recent memory. From somebody not named Michael Malone. Because, you know, Michael Malone's awesome. Hell, you know what he deserves? Not a banner. Darko? Give him Spoh's new contract. Do that. Give him Spoh's new contract. Don't take Spoh's contract because he earned it. But give him Spoh's contract. And by the way... Mad props to Eric Spolstra. Dude just got the biggest contract in the history of the four major sports. Did you hear what I just said? He just got the biggest contract in the history of the four major sports. Spo just signed an eight-year, $120 million extension. That is the most committed money in North American coaching history. 15 mil per for eight years. And he deserves every single penny. And it's incredible that he gets that extension during his 16th season of leading the Heat. I don't know. Either that or the godfather himself, Pat Riley, walks in and says, Spo, Spo, let's wrap. And Spo's expectation, I'm, I'm sure, is like, finally, finally. Finally, I am going to be compensated, commensurate with what I've accomplished here. And Riley says, you know what, Spo, this deal here, this deal right in front of me, until 30 seconds ago, I was going to ask you to sign it. It was going to go to you. And I felt amazing about it. Except this deal, he pulls it back, it's going to Darko. 
because as great as you've been over the last 20 years here, starting as a video guy, what Darko did in 20 seconds last night is even better. Anyway, back to Spo. All kidding aside, that that's incredible longevity from an incredible coach. And Darko has a long, 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 long way to go to run down Spo. Again, he's only 35 games in. But that rant last night, might as well put him in dog years. He went from 35 games into year 10 in the league as far as I'm concerned. Keep it up, my guy. Keep it up. Because we're just as fed up with the ref show's garbage and the lake show's garbage, by the way, as you are. It is complete crap. It is. It clones. It's a complete crap. It's a complete crap. God, I love this guy. Hey, listen, clones, 23-2 to is a legitimate complaint, especially when they lost the game by one. Let's leave alone the fact that it's a Canadian team that just got jammed. We don't have to tell Darko or the fans to keep quiet because if we go by the Canadian to U.S. conversion rate, the difference would have been actually much greater. All right, don't go there. I've already done the conversion. The 23 to 2 rate or ratio would actually be 40.25 to 2. I've got your back, Darko. How is that possible? Not only do I have your back, Darko, I've got my hammer and chisel out. I hate this about Sports Talk Radio. I hate the Mount Rushmore discussion. So lame, so tired, so played. Did I call it lame? Well, I want a Mount Rushmore. And what I'm going to do is go to my right. You see a brick wall over there if you're watching on CBS Sports Network? I'm going to carve out a Mount Rushmore in my studio. And it's going to be for guys named Darko. Darko Ryakovich just blew right by Darko Milicic. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You need four dudes for a Mount Rushmore, right? Whatever. Darko Ryakovich is going to get chiseled three times. And, and by the way, Darko Milicic, sorry about that, bro. Darko Ryakovich gets all four. Four faces. All his. Let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. Love that, too. Hey, by the way, if that's how it's going to go, let us know. Just let us know, and then we won't waste time showing up for the game and just give them the win. How is that possible? Because, in effect, what he's saying is they just gave them the win. It's a complete crap. God, this guy's the best. So, inevitably, when this works its way back to ears and Joe Dumars, and they try and come for this guy ears specifically, and they want to find him, I think that we all should start a GoFundMe account for Darko and pay for that fine because it's going to hurt, but it was worth it. My man, priceless. Priceless. Outrageous. Good for you, dude. Good for you. Loved it. One a, a Laker fan. I know you'll take that win, but you shouldn't. You should give that right back. Did, did LeBron sound like he was proud of that win? Did LeBron... Listen to the guy's tone. He knows that they were gifted that win. Did you see it called fairly? What, what Not that it could ever happen in a million years, but flip that on its head. Um, can you imagine if that went against the Lakers 23-2? Not that it ever could. They're the Lakers. But can you imagine the outrage from LeCap? Um, like <laughs> it still wouldn't equal the outrage from Darko. Darko's my new favorite guy. Hey, Darko, you're my idol. You're my mentor. You're the guy I admire most and look up to. Can I have your autograph? Hey, never mind, can you come on the show and can we have a conversation? And can I do my job? Hey, can I get an autograph picture, my dude? That'd be awesome. Hey, Darko, are you on Cameo? Because I'm willing to get a Cameo from you. Never mind that I'm on Cameo and your clones can find me and you have. Darko, are you? I don't even care what it costs. I want Darko to be like, hey, Jim Rome. Outrageous.
That was so good. All right, so that is my lead topic. I hate to say it. Hey, but Tommy, am I wrong? The ref show, unfortunately, travels. It travels from league to league, sport to sport. It's not exclusive to the Shield. It'll be back this weekend, unfortunately. I I just addressed Tommy because I want to hear that song. You know what the ref show has? It's own bullet train. It's own Concord. So it can get where it needs to go. It's own spaceship. It's own UFO. It travels. Hey, you know what? The ref show keeps a private jet. You know I keeps a private jet. You know the ref show keeps a private jet. You know I keeps a private jet. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly. How do you like that? All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, you do have to use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. The crown is yours, and you do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, as promised, we are joined right now by the executive VP and general manager of the Houston Texans. He was previously with the Patriots for 20 years, 18 of them in player personnel. He just so happens to have six Super Bowl rings that he won with the Patriots. His Texans are 10-7. and seven. They are the AFC South Division champs. They are hosting the Browns Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern on Wildcard Weekend. We are joined by Nick Casario, who also happens to be a jungle legend and a recipient of a lifetime golden ticket that guarantees him entry into any smack-off going forward. Nick, my brother, an enormous week for you and your franchise. How you feeling, Nick? Romy, great to be here. appreciate you and the uh, XR4TI crew making some time today, so glad to be on. Not as much as I appreciate you, Nick. Listen, give me a minute. I'm going to break every journalism rule right now, every one of them, starting with you're supposed to ask quick, short questions and not have, like, commentary, but I want to say this. Look, I'm not going to lie. This is a business. I pride myself on not rooting. I don't root for anything other than something to talk about. Oh, and our racehorses and my kids when they played ball and my college. However, I say this because watching your game against the Colts with my wife, Dodger Jano, and our son, Rogan Loam, he says to me at the end of your game, quote, damn, Pop, this is really stressful. And I had to admit because of my relationship with you and my, you know, my relationship with the team and your relationship with the show, I had to say, Logs, this is really stressful. Nick, having said all that, that's a long way of my leading you into this. You've won six rings. You've been in really stressful situations. What were the last few moments of last week's game like for you? I don't know. It's a great question. Uh, hopefully I was as calm. Maybe, I don't know if I was as calm as, uh, Logan was when he, he, you interviewed him, but, uh, We've been actually, you know, kidding aside, we've been a number of close games here this year. So I want to say eight, 10 games have come down to one score. So we've been in these situations. So, I mean, I know it's cliche, but you really just got to take it one play at a time. So we put ourselves in the position there in the fourth quarter um, where we scored with, I don't know, with six or seven minutes left. And we knew the reality was, I mean, we missed the extra point. So we knew we were going to have to get a stop. Otherwise, they scored a touchdown and kicked the extra point you know, there's a good chance they're probably going to run the clock down. So um, you try to maintain some degree of civility and try to stay as calm as you can. Um, And whatever the outcome is going to be, really it's out of my hands. I mean, I'm just there really observing the game and just watching the game. But 
it's a credit to the coaching staff and the players that we can continually put ourselves in the position. And at the end of games, we've executed in some games and, and, and we've been victorious. And there's other games where we came up a little bit short. But I think the big thing is when the fourth down play, uh, when the incompletion took place, we knew we had to figure out a way to run some time off the clock. And then still there's, you know, eight, nine seconds where we have to give the ball back. We end up taking a safety, and then we still have another play to play. I mean, I've been on the short end of the stick. I mean, go back to the Miami play there. We score, and they, you know, the Miami, whatever the, the terminology or vernacular they use, the end 77 yards. So you really never know what's going to happen to the last play. So I think once the ball was recovered and we knew that we were in the playoffs, I think there was definitely exhilaration and joy just for the people that have put so much time and effort into this, this season. Nick Casario joining us. You know, you're right. You're in the playoffs. I mean, you're the epitome of plan your work, work your plan. You knew you had a great plan. You knew you got the coach you wanted in D'Amico Ryans. You knew you got the quarterback you wanted in C.J. Stroud. There's so many guys in that locker room that you wanted, that you got. So you knew you had a really good plan, Nick. And I'm sure you'll tell me, well, this was the hope when I asked you about the postseason. But when you look at the fact that you had three wins last year and you and I are talking about the postseason right now, did you think the plan would come together that quickly? Yeah, you never know. And we've talked about this. I mean, the reality was we had – I didn't do a very good job the first couple of years we were here. So we tried to put some things in place. Didn't really you know, work out as well as we would have hoped. But I think the idea was – all right, find the right coach, and we were able to do that with D'Amico, who's been, I mean, I can't say enough great things about him. And then as we put the team together during the course of the spring, the players that we signed for agency and then the players that we drafted, we felt we'd have a competitive team. Now, what does that exactly mean? What does that translate over into wins and losses? None of us really know that, but we felt we'd have an opportunity. Now, you know, we start 0-2 and things look pretty bleak. But the team just kept chipping away, and then the win down in Jacksonville, I'd say, was a really big win. I think it, it's still a little bit of belief in the team, and then we come back home, and we're two and two, so we're moving along. So, um, it's a, the ultimate. We're in the ultimate week to week, year to year, and really, what happened in the past doesn't have any relevance. All you can focus is on the present. Focus on you know what you're dealing with uh, now, and our team did a great job of sort of taking that approach. And I think D'Amico, his personality permeated the entire building just his energy just his consistency just his authenticity and it's just staying in the moment and if you focus on the moment and just go out there each game and you know as we look forward to Cleveland here this week it's going to be no different it's the playoffs it takes on a little bit more important but the reality is you're still going to have to go out there and execute plays and just take it one play at a time at the end of the game in the fourth quarter hopefully in a position where we have an opportunity to win the game so um, I think, again, it's a credit to the players and the coaches for the work that they put in. And I think our players adopted the right mindset. And they, they came in with, I would say, a certain chip on their shoulder, not necessarily to prove anybody wrong, but really to prove each other right, that they believe in each other and the things that we're doing, you know, are, are working. We're talking to Nick Casario. So, Nick, what about the players? Like, you've got C.J. Stroud. You and I have talked about him. He's going to be the offensive rookie of the year. We already know that. He's done things in his rookie season that only Joe Montana and Tom Brady have done. As you were evaluating him leading up to the draft, did you know that this was a really special dude? Or can you never really know until you see it on the grass? You can evaluate the talent and the physical attributes and watch um, the players play in college, which C.J. was as good of a quarterback as there was in college football the last couple of years. And then when you get an opportunity to spend more time with them on a personal level, I think sometimes we forget in the end it's a people business. So it's about the people and it's about what they're made up of. Um, and I say this in a very, I mean, uh, respectful way with C.J. He's an old soul. He's an old soul. I mean, he's wise beyond his years. He's very confident. He has tremendous amount of belief in himself. The Lord is a big part of his life. It's just not a facade. It's real. So he's made of the right substance. And you're talking about a 21, 22-year-old kid, but he's an adult. And the way he handles himself, his maturity, and the respect that he garnered from the team was a result of his work and his actions, not necessarily anything that he was saying. I think sometimes people misconstrue leadership. by The more you say that's leadership, well, leadership is about action. And then once you people see what you do and how you work, then they'll respond in kind. But he's great with people. He's great with the team. I think everybody, it's important for a player just to be who they are and be true to themselves and be authentic. And I'd say CJ is certainly emblematic of that whole idea. Nick Casario is joining us. So, Nick, you get ready for Joe Flacco, who's going to turn 39 in six days. Now, you know this dude well from your time in New England. Listen, I understand fit. 
I understand system. I understand that this guy's always had a big arm and he's had success in the league. I get that they've got a great defense. All these things. But he's not just managing games, Nick. He's playing lights out. I would argue I'm seeing this old guy do things that I don't remember him doing in his prime. How do you explain that? And what kind of thoughts do you have watching Joe Flacco right now? Yeah, not too many people can just roll out of the, the roll off the couch and start slinging the football around, throw 13 touchdown passes in however many games he's played. So, I mean, Joe has always been able to throw the football. Joe is a very instinctive player, has a lot of experience. I mean, he beat our ass multiple times in New England. Um, and Joe has a lot of confidence. And really, it's a credit to Joe. And really, it's a credit to Coach Stefanski and the program that they have there in Cleveland. I think A.B. and Kevin have put together a great team. They're very resilient. Um, they've had to endure a number of different uh, players. They've lost a number of players. They've endured a number of injuries. But, I mean, Joe has shown like, his talent, um, and I think he's earned the respect of uh, his teammates in a short period of time. Um, but it really, it's a, a tremendous amount of respect and appreciation for what he's done for to really walk on a team in the middle of the year, really almost towards the end of the year, and then be able to go out there. I mean, we saw him firsthand two, three weeks ago. I mean, he didn't miss a lot of throws. He made some plays, though, quite frankly, not a lot of quarterbacks in the league you've seen make all year. I mean, he threw a third down, fourth down completion to Cooper on the sideline where the coverage was tight. We were draped all over him. And then, you know, he was able to complete the pass. So a lot of respect for Joe. We understand the challenges that are in front of us. And it's really, it's a credit to Joe and and the work that the Browns have done here this season. The challenge in front of you, but the absolutely awesome opportunity in front of you. Before you go, Nick, somebody's going to have another awesome opportunity. It could be you, but knowing you, I don't think it will be. Just know that golden ticket that I bestowed upon you is a lifetime golden ticket. But you know we're coming up on a golden year, number 30 for the smack-off. I understand you have a few things that are a little more important that are in front of you right now. And having this conversation, you are locked, my brother. I can tell you are locked, and understandably so. But if you just took a step back for one minute and you looked ahead to smack-off number 30, we don't have a date yet. Is there somebody who you would project as a potential winner? I know you and Shawnee have a relationship, but who do you think might win, or who would you want to see win Smack Off 30? Well, it's funny. Uh, I was listening to the show last week. My brother and Smack Silk uh, happened to call into the show, and he was nailed as he normally is. So there's a lot of very talented callers. I'm going to have to spend some time in the basement here getting my material ready if I'm going to make an appearance over the summer, if, in fact, that's when you do it. So, um you know, I, Le- I know Left has a strong game. I know he's out for me. So a lot of respect to Left. I'm sure he'll call in as a result of this. But, um, you know, I'm going to have to just make sure that I do my homework and get in the basement and make sure I listen to the show during the course of the year, get some good material. Um, maybe you can get your bo- our boy Darko on the show after his performance here last night. You know, Alan did a great job with that mix. So great job to you, Alan, getting the, uh, the, the show ready this morning. But, uh it's always fun to listen to the show, Jim. I, I really appreciate just the relationship. And, you know, I'm locked into the show as much as I'm locked into football, but there's always time for the jungle. So um, I'll have to pick my spots. I'll be very uh, shrewd and judicious about um, whether or not I make the appearance. But, um, you know, I appreciate the ticket, and we'll see if this is the year we put it to use. Nick, I think you just won the smack off. I don't, I don't think we need to worry about you showing up that day. I, my, my man, congratulations. You just won smack off 30. What are you going to do with the $5,000, Nick? (laughs) The best. That was awesome, Nick. I can't say how much I appreciate you, man, and the friendship. Like I said, I do not play favorites, but you absolutely are an all-time favorite. Listen, thank you for making time for us. It's an enormous week for you and the franchise. Congrats for even being there. I know you have unfinished business, Nick, but I appreciate you, dude. Thank you so much. Thanks, Romy. Appreciate you. I look forward to catching up soon. So, quick question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family-run business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. Now, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store, and you reach for the beef jerky, and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. 
If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody, the entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? Somebody said, it's a crap. Signed, John Rom's phone. That was not John Rom's fault. It's a complete crap. It's a complete crap. Signed, John Rom's phone. That was not his phone. Nor was that his fault. Crap. And I'm not really sure why that happens, except that it does happen. And I'm not going to point the finger. I just wanted to cover him. It's not his fault. Again, he showed up early. He was ready to roll. He had that awesome backdrop. And, and did a good interview. Was not defensive in any way. Wanted to talk about why he did what he did. Started with the obvious and said, well, the obvious, you know, the compensation was pretty damn good. So, no, that was not his fault. And by the way, if you're watching on TV, I don't think there was an issue at all. If you're listening on radio, you may have heard Alvin bring the music up a couple of times. Dana White's theme song. That. All right, some breaking news from Shams. At Sham Sharinia, quote, Los Angeles Clippers star Kawhi Leonard signed a new three-year, $152.4 million contract extension, keeping him under contract through the 2026-27 season. Sources tell at the Athletic, at Stadium, massive Fully guaranteed long-term commitment in L.A. What it do, baby? Wow. The Clippers are having a moment, yo. I'll save you clones the trouble. Good work if you can get it. 32 games a year. For 152.4 over three years. Good work if you can get it, clones. Sorry I beat you to the joke. So, if you're Kawhi Leonard and you get that money, what are you thinking if you're Paul George? Well, Woj has that part of it. Woj posts on X, quote, The Clippers extension talks with Paul George are ongoing and organization continues to want to get both stars lined up on longer term contracts, sources tell ESPN. For now, Leonard has agreed on a new deal in a season that he's been healthy and highly productive. True. He is healthy. He is highly productive. He's cashed in on that and they look really damn good. So you might be asking yourselves, all right, that's Kawhi. They're trying to get a deal done with Paul George. What about the system? James Harden. He's got to be off to the side. Really unhappy, right? Well, Woj is on that too. And for the record, for all the heat he took and for all the crap that we gave him, that guy's played great. There's a reason why they are where they are and Ballmer's giving away all this money. Because they're playing great. Because they're having a moment. Because they look like a team that can win it all. In terms of James Harden, if you're thinking to yourself, Harden's going to go hard. Harden right now is getting the fat suit dry cleaned. Harden has gone into the closet and he realizes the fat suit no longer fits. So he's going to start eating because he saw what the other guy got and what the other other guy's going to get. He's going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah, Kawhi, he's aight. Paul George, we've seen his act in the postseason especially. Why, why do you think you're taking care of these guys? I'm just talking for James Harden. Harden's got to be thinking, why do you think we're playing the way we are? Why do you think you want to chip these guys off? Me! We're playing the way we're playing because of me. I'm not a guy that fits in a system. I am the system. Those dudes fit in my system. Kawhi fits in my system. All right? They all, those planets revolve around me. Woj is on that too. 
James Harden, quote, James Harden can't sign a new deal until the offseason. Hmm. Maybe he's not dusting off the fat suit yet. So anyway, the Clippers definitely having a moment and feeling themselves. Kawhi had this to say about the new contract. (laughs) Good one, Alvy. Good one, Alvy. Alvy just going rogue. All right, anyway. Anyway, if we can get back to actually talking about the news, the breaking news, here is what Kawhi Leonard had to say about a reported new three-year, $152.4 million contract extension. But would anybody be surprised? Like I said, good work if you can get it. Bomber's like, good, good, good. I want to spend money on something other than our toilets. Good. There's only so much money you can spend on toilets. I don't know what the the cost per unit is, but even that many. All right, moving on. That's breaking news right there. Avix Randall posts on X, quote, I haven't laughed at the show this hard in a while. The caveat being that I'm praying I won't have to communicate with other humans today due to aggressive spikes that's causing my already chronic jungle Tourette's. War responding to every question with, it's a crap. It's a complete crap. Yeah, let me correct you right there. It's not, it's a crap. It's a complete crap. It's a complete crap. This one says, Miami fan, employer, you better get your Willie Warmers ready for Kansas City. Brantley and Eugene, I got news for you. They're not going to help. They will not help. Hey, Jim, is it true that Bill Belichick is going to be the next Golden Bachelor? Robin Hershey. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. He's got such a smooth rap, I'm sure. Let's go. Hey, babe. Let's go get in the hot tub. What do you want to do? What do you say we get a, an early uh, blue light special? Yeah, I got a golden rose for you because I'm the golden bachelor. Get it? Hey, yeah, here's your golden rose. Hey, you, 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 you get a golden rose. You, uh, sorry, we're on to the next round of the Golden Bachelor. We're on to the next round. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll find you on Snapface. We're on to the next round. Yeah, the thing is, uh, hey, Bill, that's uh, kind of harsh. You know, interview guys like, hey, Bill, that's kind of harsh. We're on to the next round, huh? Yeah, well, my feeling on that is like I'm approaching the Golden Bachelor the same way that I've always approached uh, football. There's a lot of similarities. The way I see it, football is life and the Golden Bachelor is life. And there's a lot of similarities between these two things. And frankly, when it comes to football, it's always better to cut them a little bit early rather than let them stay around a little bit too long. You feel me? Same with the Golden Bachelor. No offense to any of these gals. But better to get them out a little bit early than to hold on to them a little bit too long. You feel me? Get out of here. Give me your uh, playbook or give me your iPad or give me your iPhone or give me whatever you have and, and hit the bricks and thanks for the memories. This is the uh, Patriot way. Or, uh, I mean the Golden Bachelor way. Sorry about that. I'm kind of set my ways here. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Did you know one in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced? O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery for free. If your battery needs to be replaced, our professional parts people can help you find the right super start battery for your vehicle and budget. Don't wait. Get your battery tested for free today at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We're on to the next round. Hey, you, you, you over there. Hey, good looking. Here's a golden rose for you. Hey, you, you over there. Less good looking. Here's a, here's a hit the road. Hit the bricks. Hey, believe me, I've cut much more impressive than you. I'm the one that ran Tom Brady off, remember? <laughs> Actually, I think it's a great idea. The hood should be on the Golden Bachelor. I'd watch that. And as soon as he's done with that, he should do Dancing with the Stars. And why have they not done a golden Dancing with the Stars yet? Why not? Just franchise all of the gold. The golden voice. The golden Dancing with the Stars. Golden Idol. The golden Bachelor. Golden Masked Singer. Why not just gold plate everything? Golden Survivor. And then take it into true crime too. Golden Dateline. Golden 48 Hours. Only murders involving 75-year-old serial killers. No way. This just in. The Giants themselves posted this. The Giants and defensive coordinator Wink Martindale have mutually agreed to part ways. Is that what you call your defensive coordinator telling the head coach to bleep off, Ms.? Is that, is that how we position that now? There's actually something important here. Mutually agreed to part ways. What does that mean? I have to get into the whole deal. But when he just popped off at Brian Dable and just went AWOL and just busted out of the building and got on a plane, did did he resign? Because if he resigns, reportedly, he forfeits his $3 million salary. And apparently, according to the way the contract is written, he is not free to go where he wants. So I wanted to get into all of this, but they beat me to it. If they fire him, of course, they have to pay him unless they fire him for cause. But they didn't want to fire him. Reportedly, they want him back because he's a damn good coach. But he was furious, according to reports, because Brian Dable broke off his key right-hand guy and then the brother of his key right-hand guy. But it had been boiling. That was not a one-off. That was not an anomaly. That was something that had been reportedly building. This is not some conflict. This was not a heat of the moment or brand new conflict. Apparently, this had been building. So, more dysfunction. And I had a whole thought on this that I wanted to get into. And I wanted to lay it out step by step by step by step by step. And then try to speculate on what might happen. And then they beat me to it. The Giants and D coordinator Wink Martindale have mutually agreed to part ways. Tell you what, they're already crap. They're not better without this guy. Now, you might argue that they're better without this guy because of the dysfunction and it no longer works. I'm just talking about as a football man, as a football coach, they're not better without this guy. He will be in demand. He's not going to have a hard time finding another gig. McVeigh and Sirianni both just got done praising him back-to-back for the way they finished the season, where they had nothing to play for. Yet they just punked the hell out of the Eagles. You're going to give all that credit to Dable? You think Wink Martindale had nothing to do with that? They were still playing hard. 
The Eagles, on the other hand, had a lot to play for. The Giants haven't had anything to play for in weeks, and they still knocked them the hell out. The Eagles did not score until the last 111 left in that game. Third quarter, I should say. So you tell me, who does that say more about? Philly or New York? To which I would say, as always, yes, both. At Life of Mikey C. Dude, what is with that disco riff that kept cutting in when Rom kept cutting off? All right, listen, if ever there's a time on this show where something goes on that you don't understand, that you want to understand, just ask, like that guy did. Albie, this song, the disco riff he's talking about. All right, the origin of that is an interview. <laughs> James Kelly's got an idea. Albie, James Kelly just had a great idea, and believe me, that's never happened before, so I want to follow through on this. This is big. I just said James Kelly just had a great idea. That's never happened. So therefore, I would like to try to execute on this. James Kelly said, bring Alvin's mic up. So you can describe what that disco riff is that you keep popping in when John Rom is getting cut off. Alvin, are you talking to me or are you talking on air? Alvin's like, dude, dude, I have the sound of Dana White. Don't you just want to play that? I hey, you know just what? play the sound. You know what? You know what, Alvin? You're right. James Kelly's never had a good idea. I'm with you. Just play the sound. Hey, my guy, Cap, Cap in Toronto, this is why we do this. This happened in 2019, Dana White came on. I asked him a question. He disappeared. Then we had that super awkward silence on air. So Alvin, or actually, Alvin didn't do anything. Dana White, on his end, had this song come up. I probably should have had you answer us. this, Alvin. But Dana anyway, this is what happened. Dana White joining us. Dana, you were pretty critical of Oscar De La Hoya for his involvement. I've been telling you how is that me or is that you, Dana? I've been no, yeah, I, I could tell a tough question was coming, so I, uh, that's, my new, that's my new system for tough questions. Dana, nice. That's actually funny because Dana doesn't care about tough questions at all. At all. At all. You can ask Dana White anything you want, and he'll either give you a very terse, aggressive, belligerent response, or he just won't answer. But that's why that was so funny. That, uh, that, that's, that's how I deal with tough questions right now. I just play that song. So anyway, it's Fantastic Man by William Onyabor. That song slaps, all right? It just does. So anytime we lose a guest, Alvin now just plays that song because we lost Dana White that day and that song came up. But we didn't play it. Dana did. Tell me that song doesn't slap. All right, so what we have here is like Black Wednesday. Black Monday was just slow developing. Normally on Monday after the regular season, coaches get broken off. But it's like Black Monday was kind of a slow developing thing. Look at this bomb from at Adam Schefter. Shefty posts on the X. A shocker in Seattle. Pete Carroll is expected to be out as the Seahawks head coach, per sources. Seattle. He still could remain in the organization, but not as the head coach. Tom Pelissero also posting on the X. The team is still working through the details, but after saying multiple times this week that he planned to be back as the Seahawks coach in 2024 at age 72, Carroll is out. Ian Rappaport is jumping in. Quote, don't be surprised if he lands upstairs in Seattle, but for now, he's out as coach. So, Tom Pelissero said that 
multiple times this week, Carroll said that he planned to be back. Yeah, well, apparently, Pete, Seattle did not plan on having you back. Seattle. So what changed? I don't know, the firing of Mike Vrabel? Didn't seem like that would be the most natural fit. See, the thing about Vrabel to me is, Vrabel's a great coach. And pretty much everybody thinks so, I guess, except Tennessee. But Vrabel can be choosy. Vrabel can pick the situation that he wants. Because arguably, we could talk about the results and the fact that he did lose 16 of his last 21. But ownership would have you believe that it didn't work. The fit didn't work. The alignment was out of sorts. And that's why he's out. Not the results. The results are part of it. But it's about alignment and fit. You know, that gibberish. Well, if that's the case, then Vrabel's going to want to find the right fit. Obviously, Carroll had a really good fit working with John Schneider. And so it didn't fit any longer. That's interesting. I can't, I'm not shocked, but I can't say that I saw that coming. So Black Monday is kind of playing out over the week. Now he is 72. Now I don't want to, I don't want to say that it's an age thing because, man, believe me, this dude does not look or act 72. I think the guy can still coach. Maybe it comes down to this, and I'm not there. I'm just speculating. Maybe they went to him, and we know he's a fiercely loyal guy. Maybe they went to Pete, and Pete is 72, and he's extremely loyal, and said, hey, Pete, you know what? You got to make some changes on your staff. We need to see changes on your staff. And maybe he pushed back. Because notice what they're saying. You know, there's still a place for you in the organization. We can bump you upstairs. The whole thing didn't just blow up. This isn't Wink Martindale storming out of the facility after F-bombing the head coach. He's still in the building. He's just not their head coach. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Maybe they went to him and said, you need to make some changes. And maybe he was unwilling to make those changes. I would say this. He sure didn't seem like a guy who had had enough and wanted to move on. He never seems like that. It's just, it's kind of creepy how much energy that old guy has and how much enthusiasm that old guy has and how much he loves it still. Yeah, I have to think that guy wanted to coach that team. So we'll see. More information as it comes out. I'm going to reserve further judgment until we see more information and more details. But I did not expect that. A Seahawk fan, reaction. What do you think? Nick Casario is going to join me at 40 past. We'll come back. I'll have a short segment for you. Good day, man. Interesting stuff. We are joined right now via Zoom by John Rom. John, it's great to have you back on the show. John, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. It's good to have you on the show, John. So let me ask you, your decision to leave the PGA Tour, of course, rocked the world, the golf world, when you joined Live Live Golf last month. Essentially, what were your biggest reasons that led to your decision to change tours? Uh, I'm going to start with the obvious, obviously, uh, financially. Um, Not that I wasn't comfortable before, but this is just a confirmation that sets my family in a really good path, right? Um, I think as a as a father and to to set my family in that way, and I think uh, we've accomplished that. So we get that out of the way. Um, I began to to think about the possibility later on the year, but obviously once the framework agreement came and and it was a possibility that the two worlds were going to unite, I think I owed it to myself to right. So uh, when the season was over, I did just that, and and I like what they said. You know, I think. Uh, a lot of the things I was wishing to have, Live Golf already offered, and and I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Uh, also, one of the bigger ones, and I can't stress this enough, is is team golf. Right? I grew up playing team golf my whole life. Besides being in other sports, um, in golf alone, I was part of what would be my county team, my state team, and then the national team in Spain, and then ASU, uh, obviously ASU University, ASU golf team. So. Uh, it's something that I've always enjoyed. It's something that I think uh, makes sports even better. And to be able to share the spotlight with somebody 
all throughout as a team is something special. So I really can't stress enough how much I enjoyed that. We're talking to John Rahm. John, I appreciate the transparency. You know, in terms of it being a team thing now, let me ask you this. Like, you're going to serve as the captain of their 13th team this season. Where do things stand then with the name of your team and who's going to be joining you on that team? I'm going to be uh, – I can't really say a lot, right? Uh they're kind of telling me now dates for a possible announcement. I can't be saying much. Uh, and we do have a team name. We do have a lot of things picked out. We just can't make it public yet. Uh, we have a few, but I just, there's some things that I just can't make public. Like I can't really have anything. So I wish I could say more than I can. Obviously, uh, a bit of the secrecy, right? Um, but obviously, once people have signed and, and were allowed, I'd, I'd be thrilled to be able to make it public. John Rahm joining us. I get that. So, John, you like the team concept. Back in June, you were pretty critical, though, of the no-cut 54-hole format. You said, quote, three days to me is not a golf tournament. No cut. It's that simple. I want to play against the best in the world in a format that's been going on for hundreds of years. End of quote. What about that? What led to a change in your mindset regarding the 54-hole format? How do you see that now? Well, uh, let's just say it's going to take a little bit of adjustment for me to to compete my best in three-day golf, right? Uh, as for now, for this next year is what we have, and that's what I'm going to have to compete in. Um, so that's what I'm focused on. Whatever happens in the future, whatever happens in the future. Uh, I still maintain that my stance that I would like to see four days, but I do think that it, it does farther the of live golf having what ranking it would make that discussion a little bit easier but uh i still think uh you know we have an opportunity to create something new something that's special uh, but with certain things that i said obviously i still agree with uh, other things uh, my mind has changed a little bit obviously Talking to John Rahm, we're having a good conversation. We're dealing with a couple of technical issues, John, but we're fighting through it. It's good to have you. John Rahm is my guest. So, John, when you made that decision, I'm curious, you know, you laid out your reasons for it. I'm curious, what was the reaction of your peers on the PGA Tour to your decision? What kind of conversations have you had with them? So, too many of them yet. Uh, most of the ones, actually every single one that I consider the friend is – was a little bit on the loop, but not completely. And uh, they weren't surprised and they've been very, very supportive. Nothing's changed in that regard. And I wouldn't say any dynamics have changed, right? I think uh, to agree or support what I did, which I completely understand the point and I respect the decision in that sense, right? So, uh, but the people I've been in relationship with and maybe weren't true, true friends uh, have still been very, very supportive. We're talking to John Rahm. John, what about Rory McIlroy? For instance, he had been extremely critical of Live Golf, but he softened his stance recently. He said himself that he thought that he had been perhaps too judgmental of players defecting. He described your decision, quote, is a smart business move. What's your reaction to his change in tone? And do you think maybe overall that might de-escalate some of the tension in the sport? I mean, I think it actually it does de-escalate. Uh... Rory is a fantastic player who's taken on a lot uh, on top of being a, a professional golfer. And it takes a lot of maturity and it takes a lot to step back and voice out when you've been wrong, especially in a national and a worldwide audience like he has. So uh, he's been a great friend of mine. Again, his reaction was, was uh, very positive. Obviously, I'm sad and he's sad we're not going to be competing against each other directly all year, all year round. But uh, he's a good friend. He's continued to be a good friend. And I think that him saying a little bit one case possible right we all want to see the best players going against the best players and we all want golf uh, above all to be in the best situation and the best give the fans and the spectators because at the end of the day we're entertainers what they need to see we're talking to John Rahm. So, John, you had a big year. You won four times. You had the victory at the Masters. You finished tied for second at the Open Championship. The credentials had many believing that you were the front runner for the PGA Tour Player of the Year award, but it went to Scotty Scheffler for a second straight year. Do you think the voters got that right? Oh, man, listen. Scotty had a fantastic year. Fantastic year. Some of the records he... Tracking-wise, we're fantastic, but 
And I don't want to take away anything from what he did. Historically, hardware is what's what won the basically the player of the year, right? Uh, the year Patrick Cantlay won, I was the basically the more consistent player in 2021, had a major and did a lot of, uh, I think I had 16 top 10s that year and I fully understood why Patrick won it. Uh, it's just maybe this year because of his high level of ball striking, you know, they've, they've decided to go in a different direction. But at the end of the day, it's well earned. John, I mentioned that Live Golf's going to open up its 2024 season February 2nd in Mayacoba, Mexico. I'm curious, you won last year's PGA season opener at Kapalua, which kicked off your outstanding year. What's it like watching the coverage of this year's event and not playing competitive golf in early January as you have for so many years? That had to be a little strange. I'm assuming. January 1st. Yeah. And <laughs> time to, to relax jam and going to practice was, was actually quite nice and enjoy myself in Christmas a little bit more than I have in the past. Uh, it is early on this year, there is a lot of tournaments I'm going to miss, right? I, I've loved the West Coast swing all throughout. Maui is something that not only myself, but my family loves as well. And then the American Express, Tory, Tory Pines and Phoenix Open are going to be events I'm going to miss. Same with LA. I mean, Riviera, I think, is regarded as one of the best golf courses we've played all, all our lives for a lot of us, and those are certainly events I'm going to miss. So uh, maybe not being there is going to be a little hard, but I'll, uh, I'll try my best to, to focus and, you know, do what, uh, what I need to be doing. Well, you know, me being an L.A. native, I like hearing you talk about the West Coast Swing like that. The West Coast Swing is tremendous. He announced his shift to the Live Tour on December 7th. He joins Live Golf. He's a two-time major champ, and they're going to open up their season February 2nd in Mayacoba, Mexico. John Rom, my guest. John, great to get caught up. Appreciate you very much. Good to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you very much, Jim. Good night, now! 